This episode of Tarot for the Wild Soul is brought to you by my brand new upcoming offering, The Threshold. The Threshold is an online intuitive tarot journey taught by me that focuses on the medicine of 2021, the Hierophant card, the fives, and your energetic year ahead. The Threshold contains hours of pre-recorded audio downloads on the medicine of the year ahead and beautiful tarot spreads and exercises to support the audio material. We're also delighted to be offering sponsorship opportunities and tiered pricing for folks of all income levels to participate. Enrollment for The Threshold opens tomorrow, December 1st at 12 a.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific. To learn more or to sign up when enrollment opens on the 1st, visit lindsaymack.com slash threshold 2021 or click the link in the show notes. Hello, loves, and welcome back to Tara for the Wild Soul podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Thank you so much for being here today. It's always an honor to be gathered with you in this virtual space. This monthly medicine episode for December is like a deluxe, <laughs> like there's so much to talk about. Um, it is wild, and some of the things that we're going to touch upon in this monthly medicine episode we're actually going to go back to in later episodes um this month in december and later episodes because it's so big um we have uh sagittarius cards we have great conjunction happening on december 21st we have the solstice and the move into uh winter for us in the northern hemisphere and summer for the folks in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, we have Eclipse Portal that we are in now. It's big, 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 big. Um, the Wild Soul Collective reading for the month ahead is it, so multi-layered. I, it blew my mind when it came forward. So we're just going to see <laughs> together how long this episode is. Maybe it'll be an hour. Maybe it'll be more. We'll just see. I'm just grateful to be on the ride with you. Um, okay. So December, it always is a bridge month. It's a bridge month because, um, we're preparing to transition into a new numerical year. And it's so interesting because of course the Gregorian calendar and even just the concept of a new year is a completely man-made thing right? Like what's not the year 2020. It's not, we're not going into the year 2021. And yet it can be really, really interesting, very powerful, something that is of interest to me to bring about a spiralic view to a more linear concept. So this idea of linear concept um, with regard to the Gregorian calendar, the spiralic sort of energetic um, blooming open that can happen is when we can acknowledge, of course, the planet is moving in a completely um, more mysterious, potent, um, we don't know how old the earth is, we can't measure that. And yet, we have these mile markers that we, uh, many of us, collectively acknowledge together 
Now, not everybody honors December 31st as New Year's Eve. Not everybody acknowledges um, January 1st as the new year. And I want to completely respect that. Some people honor totally different year numbers. Um, some folks acknowledge totally different days as their new year, be it um, a day like Samhain or their own personal day. Really, I think the new year is a, a pretty spiralic thing. And I also think it can be very powerful, even if it's just something that's in our back pocket, to acknowledge the fact that, again, as a collective, even if we personally are not really acknowledging it, there is a big energetic shift that happens, you know, moving from one number to another. And um, it is a powerful thing and something that we can often really feel, again, even if we don't put all that much stock into it. So because this is a collective reading, we are going to spend some time looking at that. And um, really because it is possible to find medicine in everything, even the stuff that might not be as linked to the exact number, the exact year that we're in as possible. Um, there is a lot of power in considering the idea that we're moving from an emperor year 2020 to a hierophant year. That is really powerful to pause and reflect for a moment about the idea that this month, December, is a bridge. It is always a bridge month. It always invites us with every board, every slab of wood, or every um, you know mile on that road of your bridge. Every step you're taking on it is an opportunity to reflect on what this year, what this cycle of measurement in an infinite amount of ways to measure a span of time has meant for you. For most of us, it's been pretty horrifying. For most of us, this year has been pretty traumatic. It's been um, an absolute, um, absolutely unnameable rite of passage in many ways. It's been um, challenging and illuminating and has fostered resilience and has um, been in equal measure experienced differently by everybody. Um, one of the most, um, profoundly evolutionary and also challenging years, most likely of our lifetime, or even of our oldest generation living on this planet of their lifetime potentially. And, um, yeah, it's been no joke. And, you know, this has been an emperor year. Now, the emperor isn't doing that. The emperor is an invitation to know that we have absolutely in the marrow of our being the birthright to take up sacred space. It is the foundation and the core of who we are and what we are, that we are worthy. We can speak, we can share our truth. We are, as human beings, as, as creatures, the embodiment of the mountain, the redwood, the ocean, the vastness of the sky. 
that we have a birthright to be here. And, and also that it is very easy in Emperor energy and in Aries energy to not be quite aware of the edges, borders, and boundaries of our energy to, because of all different kinds of things, because of our own insecurities, because of white supremacy, because, um, we, uh, have never really confronted how we were not honored, how we don't feel that we have the right to take up space, um, maybe emotionally. And so we're constantly taking up a ton of space in ways that are actually not in alignment with everybody, um, but, uh, are actually crowding, right? So there's always this both and energy. There's always this reflection with the emperor on, we're talking about sacred space, space that allows us to expand to our fullest potential and yet not crowd anyone out, not be in anyone else's root system, anyone else's energy. This year overall, overarchingly has been an invitation like never before, not just to acknowledge where we have been um, unwilling to show up, to expand, to say yes, to speak our truth, to ask for what we need, to know that there is an innate birthright in us, that we have a right to take up this space. We've also been asked like never before to really, really acknowledge sometimes in crucially challenging ways or excruciating ways where we have overstepped, where we are not really leveraging our privilege, where we have not truly had our eyes open to the empty places within us that have made us reach, 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 consume, consume, consume. That's all emperor work. And that has been, obviously it's not all that 2020 has been, but an enormous part of it. And in some ways a preparation for what we're going into in 2021, which is taking that root idea and elevating it. You know, the fours in the tarot, 2020 was a four year. The fours in the tarot are all about creating that root. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Like, where do you nourish? Where do you support yourself? You can't really have a sense of um, aligned growth without that ability to go back and kind of check in, right? With the root system to take a pause, to take a breath, to take a break. We're expanding right now bridging the gap between that time and a five-year. And we're essentially taking all the work we did in 2020 and doubling down on it. The Hierophant is not a break. The Hierophant is taking that work and making it into a lived practice. It's actually expanding all that 2020 has illuminated for us and asking us to see where we invested in all kinds of structures, systems, organization, um, organizations, um, systems of giving, you know, where do I give my power away? Where am I constantly looking for another person to save me, to tell me I'm worthy, to tell me I'm okay? That is going to come up every moment in 2021. That is the work. We have all of us been sold a total bill of goods around that from for thousands of years that we needed gatekeepers we needed holy figures we needed authorities we needed you know the 
the people who were open, who heard, to tell us what to do. There were leaders that had power, and then there were followers who didn't. And going into 2021, we're planting the seeds of a democratized future. We're planting the seeds of a time where we understand, both as teacher and as student, that we are both. That if we are teaching, our students are also our teachers. If we are a student, that the teacher does not hold a place of authority that is outside of the realm of question. We're really moving into it's it's across the board, hugely powerful. And of course, we I mentioned the threshold at the top of this. We're gonna go into that a ton. I mean, that's all that the threshold is basically. But it's really powerful to consider this and to consider how big of a deal this is because December has rooted within it essentially step by step by step. Um, every step on this sort of bridge is one opportunity after another to prepare us for this, for this sort of new time, for this new era that we're building slowly together as a collective and as a planet. So one of the really, really, really big things is that we're in an eclipse portal right now. That eclipse portal started yesterday, November 30th, um, with the full moon lunar eclipse in Gemini. I actually think it's tonight, um, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, eclipse portals, you know, we start with a lunar eclipse. We end with a solar eclipse this year. Um, that lasts about two weeks. When we're in that sort of portal, um, we're in eclipse frequencies. And it's cool to think about eclipse frequencies um, through the lens of the tarot. That's how I think of everything. Um, but it's cool to think about the moon card and the sun card. You can also think about the high priestess and the sun card. The moon card um, is ruled by Pisces, which is connected to the moon. Uh, the high priestess is ruled by the moon. So it, it it's, I think it works either way. It's really cool. But, um, we're dancing in this eclipse portal, which is nothing to fear. It's really just a profoundly accelerated opportunity for growth and excavation. Eclipses are like getting your hair cut in a way. And, and I, I think there's a lot of empowerment in getting your hair cut. Like ideally you want to say, I don't like this, or I want you to do this. But if we have everything to our liking, we're not, unless we're cutting our own hair, we're not cutting our hair. We're sitting and we are like allowing our hair to get cut. We are, we are allowing something to, to do the, the actual cutting. And that is really what eclipses do. It's a very, very unique energy because it's not about us doing the cutting as, as which we usually do with kind of new moon energy or even full moon energy, um, us going in and kind of saying like, Hey, this is what I'm planting. This is what I'm clearing. This is what I'm excavating. Eclipses say you hang out and I'm going to bring the stuff to you. I'm going to help you to essentially be a giant magnet to bring all this stuff up, 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 up to the surface so that you can acknowledge it so that you can so you can integrate it so that you can bow to it and and hold it and cherish it and clear it and lay it on the fire and it it totally depends eclipse energy can sometimes bring 
forward to us so much magnificence, latent talents, beautifully creative projects, huge downloads that maybe we just haven't had enough courage or willingness or even space to know was in us. Sometimes it can bring up really hard stuff. Sometimes it can be a measure of the two. We don't need to fear it, but it's two very powerful weeks beginning on November 30th and and ending on uh, December 14th that really, really is going to help us to clear, to acknowledge quite rapidly um, everything that is not meant to come with us into this new year. And it can be very, very subtle. Sometimes it's just the slightest awareness, like, oh, whoa, I never even realized that that was sort of an outdated belief. Like, I just always, I never even questioned that. And if, it, you know, in terms of belief, like, just buckle up because Hierophant is all about that. I mean, really, at, at the heart of it, the Hierophant, which, again, is our card for 2021, which is why I'm talking about it, um, the Hierophant is an invitation to investigate where the intersection is between your truth, your knowing, your innate tethering to the rhythm, the way of living, the way of showing up that's right for you versus what you were told was the right thing to do versus what you were shown or forced or whatever it is, whether through your caretakers, through society. It's really about moving through that kind of Taurian desire to go with the flow, to have everything be really comfortable and stimulate a willingness to be uncomfortable, to challenge and open to um, the ability to hold both our truth and the larger expectation or our truth and the belief that we might have. And sometimes they match and sometimes they don't. So that's a big deal to move into that. You know, it's a big deal to, to, to be shifting into that time. So I invite you to consider, you know, what, how can you allow for the next two weeks yourself to essentially sit back in the great chair of the cosmos and get a much needed haircut? What can you allow to go? What can you bless? What can you honor? What, has this year taught you? I know it's been a dumpster fire and I'm not trying to kind of romanticize anything, but I mean, 2020 has been nothing but a gigantic lesson for everybody in one way or another. So where has that shown up for you? And how can you begin to befriend, work with, consider um, leaning on the sun card and the moon card or the sun card and the high priestess as anchors for this time. You know, the sun card is an illuminator. It answers questions. It brings things into the light, literally, that we couldn't see, that were obscured. It's a rebirth of many, in many, many ways. And it's really important to remember that the sun card comes after quite an underworld journey. It comes after line two of the majors. It comes after the devil, the tower, the star, the moon. Like it's, 
it, the sun comes after up after a long time walking in the nighttime, a long time when we don't really kind of know what's going on. So that's a very important thing to remember about eclipse season as well is that it can sometimes answer questions. And other times we have no idea what the fuck is happening. <laughs> so it really just, it depends, you know, and the moon is an invitation whether we're working with it through the moon card or the high priestess to hang out in the unknown, to hang out in what we don't know, to honor and acknowledge all the parts of us that want to know so badly. And we are in, I mean, 2020 has also, I have felt the undercurrent of the moon card through this whole year. Nobody knows what's going on. And really it's been a huge, um, baptism by fire for so many of us because of course we don't know what's going on we never do <laughs> like we get, we have an expectation but we, we have no idea what's going to happen the future is absolutely not fixed and for too long we've believed um oh whatever will happen will happen or whatever no like 2020 if anything has taught or intensified for us so much more strengthened fortified this knowing if we desire to create the future that we feel is the most aligned for other people for the planet for future generations we have to be present with what is not with what someone is telling us is, not with what we wish is, not with what we're sort of burying our head in the sand about, but really stepping into what is, what is here. And obviously we all see that very differently, but there is a root system of truth that is present for so many of us. And that is, we don't know. And the moon is such an important teacher about that. You know, our, our belief that we should know what's going on is a part of what, you know, we're always trying to outrun that discomfort. And the high priestess really does the same. It just puts a different emphasis on um, like a different part of the piano because high priestess really teaches us how to listen and understand that we are of this kind of cyclical spiralic um, origin, that we're not these linear beings, that we are these truly um spiralic beings and so the 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 beauty is that in eclipse season and really always but these two energies get to dance with each other like what is it to hold in both moments absolutely unbelievable downloads clarify clarifications questions being answered things coming forward for clarity for illumination and not knowing in any way, shape, or form what the next steps are potentially, what's going on in a larger way, uh, what's going on in an immediate way. So how do we hold both of those things? I think eclipse season is always such a wonderful opportunity to learn how to do that, you know? And, you know, this is happening and unfolding in Sagittarius season, and Sagittarius is mutable fire, it is here to be student and teacher. And what a wonderful uh, opportunity to, again, kind of root into this beautiful theme before we shift into a Hierophant year. Of course, we'll move into Capricorn before that, but 
it's a nice bridge again. Um, Sagittarius is all about liberated movement. It wants to be free and unrestrained. It, it is always, always, always seeking to grow, evolve. It wants to know, it wants to move, it wants to be learning. And it is powerful to consider as we travel through most of December in Sagittarius energy with the sun in Sagittarius, what is this energy here to help us know and how can that be of use to our month ahead? And I think it's really interesting to consider the symbol for Sagittarius, which is, um, you know, an archer. That's a centaur with a bow and arrow. And I have always felt that Sagittarius energy is absolutely the one that aims that bow and arrow, but more specifically, Sagittarius is the arrow itself, and I believe it is the bullseye or the target that it is aiming at. Um, and there is this constant relationship for Sagittarius between aiming and moving and landing. And because there is so much mutability and because there is so much fire, everything's always kind of desiring to dance and change and evolve. Where does Sagittarius root? How does Sagittarius like drop into itself? Where is its center? Um, that's an important question for us as we move through such huge energies. I mean, eclipse season is powerful and we're preparing for the great conjunction on the 21st and a solstice, which I believe for many of us is a, a measurable thing. I really feel the solstice when solstices and the equinoxes, when they happen, um, there is, you know, all of the tarot cards that have a root system in Sagittarius are actually about what it is to embody and move toward the center point in a swirling world or a swirling situation, finding that center in ourselves and knowing that we are both the, the quote bullseye, knowing that we are both the target and the arrow and the one who aims the arrow is really important. And those anchor cards for Sagittarius season are temperance, which is ruled by Sagittarius. We talked about last month that is really about what it is to understand and know that with logic alone, the mind alone, our lived experience alone, the ego alone, the mind alone, it can take us far, but barely. That we will eventually reach this plateau. We will reach this sort of threshold, this endpoint, where we will want and desire to say, I don't know how to go any further. I don't know. I've exhausted all the ways in which I could potentially expand forward, come into oneness with this thing, forgive myself, surrender to this thing, meet my beloved, have a child, um, envision the way that this project could unfold. And now I want to surrender up and open to spirit. I want to include and have my very the the bedrock of my life be an act a living embodiment of what it is to be temperate to actually create this ever flowing balance of going to the fullest extent of our powers as a person and opening when we 
understand that something is, quote, out of our pay grade. I'm always doing that with spirit where, you know, I, I even in my channel can only go so far <laughs> with certain things. And then other things I'm like, I'm not even going to worry myself about this. You got it. And I don't mean like, um, in a bypassing way. I mean, quite literally, there are, there are certain things that I'm been calling forward or nourishing that are utterly and completely out of my control. And the only thing I can do is say, I'm willing to work and move and align myself with whatever is in highest and best. And I will be here doing all of the other things that I'm being asked to do. And when this thing comes, I'll be ready. So temperance has an element to it that another Sagittarius card, Wheel of Fortune, also has. Wheel of Fortune is ruled by Jupiter, which is the ruling planet of Sagittarius. How do we find the center while things are moving around us, while a larger thing happens around us? And I think that that's really important for this Sagittarius season to really root into that understanding that we're not meant to be going along with the swirl. We're meant to come into the center of that wheel, into the center of what it is to work with that energy. And the sort of target for that bow and arrow is a really nice visual that ties it all up really quite nicely. Um, one week after the eclipse portal completes itself, finishes, we will move through the solstice. That's December 21st and the great conjunction, um, which is Jupiter conjunct Saturn and Aquarius. So we, we are going to talk about this more because I want to be aware of time in, in, uh, a bunch of episodes actually for December. We'll, we'll touch on this cause it's such a big deal, but really very briefly, the reason why this is so important um, one, because for the first time since two, the year 2000, Jupiter and Saturn are going to be conjunct at the exact same degree, um, at 29 degrees Aquarius. And again, the last one, last time that this happened was in the year 2000. So it's been quite some time. And the reason that this particular great conjunction is so monumental and is such an important bridge into this new year 2021, but also kind of this new era on the planet, um, is that since uh, the 1800s, the great conjunctions between Jupiter and Saturn have always been in earth signs. And this is the beginning of a new 200, 150 year cycle in air signs. And that is huge. And it is huge that it is happening in the sign of Aquarius first. Um, it's huge because we've really seen for the last 200 years, um, an enormous emphasis on, um, the systemic, um, industrial capitalist, uh, takeovers that have occurred. It's been about how do I root? How do I plant? How do I get the earthly stuff done? And it, it's really been a, um, collectively we've been focused on earth work. We've been focused on 
establishing ourselves um, through these earth signs. And now we are moving into um, collective emphasis on community care, on, I believe, far deeper, richer emphasis on communication, on creation, on channeling. Um, there is, uh, um, you know, astrologers, um, and even folks who, who, who work with astrology that are so much more gifted than I, um, could probably go into so much more detail about just all of the things that, um, not just Aquarius rules over, but Libra and Gemini as well, that are going to be so, so important and crucial for us. It's really the the possibilities of what's to come in the next 150, 200 years with these two planets moving through air signs are really infinite, are infinite. And they couldn't come a moment too soon. You know, um, it's, it's really, really important. And that's been a part of really this great conjunction has been really a part of what we've been kind of laying the groundwork for in 2020. And it's a part of what needs to kind of happen and click over before we go into 2021 and start doing the really deep work on um, our relationship again to self-trust, to power, to authority, to belief systems, um, eventually kind of cycling out of some of the more damaging or misaligned or out of alignment ways that we've been either taught to engage or have chosen to engage with those systems or uh, complicity or there are many different ways that the Hierophant is going to show up and really uh, shine a really important light on all those things for everybody. Like that's, it, this is not me up here. This is me on the floor with all of you. <laughs> like, you know, it, it, the Hierophant's really important. It is a very intense energy. And to move through this great conjunction, I always like to think of things in tarot terms. You know, it's like Wheel of Fortune, which is ruled by Jupiter, holding hands with the World card, which is ruled by Saturn. And the two of them being held in this beautiful circle with the Fool and the Star. And the Fool is Uranus, which rules Aquarius, and the Star is Aquarius. So we're talking about having Wheel of Fortune, this incredible card of expansion and abundance and opportunity, like learning what it really is to be in our business, to be in our lives, to be rooted in what wants our attention now, rather than distracting ourselves, placating ourselves, trying to get into the business that really isn't our business, like actually showing up to presence to ourselves and what we can control, which I think is a really important part of cultivating expansion. The world, which is the lessons, if, if you align with the word karma, if that is a part of your lineage, your root system, um, the, 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 obligations, some would say the responsibilities, the soul work that we promise to do in this lifetime. When we get the world, it means that we are ready to clear out a certain cycle of lessons and open to something new. But you can't move through the, the world unless every bit of what you're not meant to go forward with 
has been cleared. And that's not like everything. We'd be dead if we were done with, with everything, you know, um, or probably doing something else. But there is this sense of, um, there, you know, Saturn comes with, with tasks for us. There is this sense of really, um, are we in alignment with our soul work? That has been a huge part of what 2020 has brought forward for us. It's been every day of my life has been working on that in 2020. It's been like merciless, really just every single thing this year has really planted me in a lot of, um, situations that I have found very uncomfortable and very unwelcome, frankly, um, that have really, and not external, like personal situations or, or inner work or sometimes external stuff, um, that I either don't prefer that triggers something, but it's all of it has been kind of this Saturn world card preparatory thing and to be held by the fool in the star, what we're talking about is moving these two energies into the star, into collective healing. Into this is the star is healing for all. The star recognizes that you can't go off, not you, but any of us can't go off to like um, a hot spring for a day and clear it all out and be like, well, I'm good. We're in this planet, on this planet together. And there are enormous systems of inequity, huge suffering. The star says, yes, absolutely. Honor your healing process and understand that when you offer yourself the opportunity for that healing, for that clearing, for that confrontation, for that integration of what is wanting the love and the healing for the heart to crack open and be sort of... um, washed in our tears and our love, that we don't just do that for us. We do it for everybody. We do it so that we don't pass down um, our un, our, our buried trauma. We do it so that we don't pass down behaviors that um, we are doing that are not that are potentially even harmful, but we're doing them out of a sense of defense or fear. You know, the star really opens us to those things. Sometimes it can be that we didn't realize how much something bothered us, how much grief something brought up in us. And that's a really important part of the star as well to say, oh my God, like this was so much more painful, upsetting than I thought. This weighed so much more heavily on my shoulders than I actually believed that it did. How can I make the space to really acknowledge and honor that without traumatizing myself. You know, what kind of support do I need to to feel those things? And the fool is really, I mean, it's absolutely the leap into a new cycle, into a new experience. The fool requires a yes. It requires a yes to the soul. It it asks us to say yes to ourselves. It's also, I think really, and this is how I teach it, um, acknowledging and finally realizing that the ground, quote unquote, that we sort of thought we were on really doesn't exist. It's just been really an egoic construct, which is a kind of a weird thing to say, but really it, it's what we were talking about before. Like you and I don't know what's going to happen. That's why I don't teach tarot for the future because it's not fixed. And really the future is not much of our business. If we really, really want to play a part in the future, the present is 
the best way to start <laughs> because it's very, very hard to build an aligned future when you're not really here, right? And so the fool essentially comes to us and says, do you desire to be free from illusion, from delusion, from the old um, ways of coping and just getting through? Do you really want to say yes to yourself? It asks us that. And when we say yes, if we say yes, an enormous liberation, an enormous process of taking that leap into the new is really possible. And very often it's totally unrelated to external. It's, it's completely linked and rooted to internal. And only from there can things bloom open into an external piece. So um, we're going to talk a ton more about those cards actually in particular and about um, all kinds of different things related to the equinox and to the solstice, or not to the equinox, to the eclipses and to the solstice. But it's really, really important to lay a base and a foundation for all of this because I think it only... Um, aids us in understanding and really bring about bringing about a, a, a sobered under um, a sobered awareness of what we're bridging into and what is contained in that bridge in December from the beginning of December to the new numerical year. Um, so it's big and we're preparing for this shift into a hierophant year, a year that will invite us like really never before to say yes to ourselves, to step into our truth, our power, our integrity, um, to clear some of the ways that we've been doing things to make other people happy, to make other people feel comfortable and to know in our bones, in our soul that we are enough. The phrase for December is you are enough. Without that understanding, we have nothing. And that doesn't mean if you don't believe you're enough that you're lost. We're all learning this. We've all been robbed of this. There have been system, there has been a very uh, carefully calculated, <laughs> um, you know, many systems for thousands of years that have really all seeked to um, operate out of the same basic framework. You're not enough. You'll be enough when you have this. You'll be enough when you have that. You'll be enough when this happens. You'll be enough when you do this. You'll be enough when you show up this way. We've all got that in varying degrees. Some of us in ways that we don't even realize is happening. This shit can be really, really subtle. All of us, it's in our face 24-7. And the first thing that I think is really important when we consider this idea of you are enough is to recognize that a lot of us, most of us have big shame about not feeling that we're enough. And that's the first place to bring about healing. It's the first place to start. That you are enough. That's just the truth based on your, your birthright. You are enough. You are enough whether you have what you want. You're enough whether you have what you need. You are enough whether you have or don't have or possess or don't possess whatever it is that you feel that you do need or even desire. 
that that never, ever, ever changes your innate enoughness. Even this monthly medicine coming forward with this phrase is part of this new um, evolution. Like this monthly medicine, and I mean, this has always been true. It can't give you anything that you don't have. Really, if anything, it'll just illuminate for you what you've known or it'll provide the contrast for you to say, I hate this shit. I'm not into it. This isn't the way I see things. Or it will stimulate curiosity or it will um, guide you to think about the cards or some aspect of what I've said differently that will just kick off no matter what all roads lead back to you. And that's true of any system, any religion, any way of, of any, any tool, any healing practice, it all comes back to you. There is nothing contained in the thing, no matter how holy, sacred, and I love the tarot and bow to it completely. Um, I can honor all that's contained within the tarot while recognizing that I'm the one that makes it sing. Without me, it sits there, right? Without you, it sits there. You are enough. And the entire month of December and all of its astrological and energetic invitations is really devoted to helping and assisting us in clearing and releasing anything at all that is separating us from the knowing that we are inherently worthy. Not just worthy, but potent, powerful, intuitive, whole, capable, able that this is possible, even if we feel sick, even if we feel broken. It's not in any way, shape, or form. Those things get to come with you, those feelings. We can feel sick and know that we are enough. And in fact, just sitting in whatever that dissonance brings up for you, I feel sick, I feel tired, I'm in pain, there is, is um, whatever may be coming up for you in your life right now and I'm enough. Whew. I mean, it brings up all the things and yet it's supposed to, you know, it's supposed to. So it's extremely powerful. You are enough. What would you do if you knew that you were enough? What would change? What would you stop doing? Who would you stop seeing, hanging out with, talking to? Where would you stop spending your money? How would you spend your money differently or invest your money differently? How would you invest your time, your resources, your energy? How would you give of them? Where would you redirect your resources or redirect your funds or your money or your time? Like what, what would change? Where would you give your love? What would you bring into the world if you knew that you were enough? That doesn't mean that we go, oh, I'm enough. I'm, I'm, I can do this and I don't need to, you know, I'm a doctor. I don't need to go to medical school. <laughs> totally not saying that. Um, we're talking about, again, an innate enoughness to walk through the world or to be in our homes or to um, show up as essential workers, go to school, where, wherever we are on our spectrum with COVID-19. Um, as things, again, just continue to get more and more intense as far as that's concerned, where are we? How do we know that we are enough no matter what happens in life? 
without bypassing a single thing, everything coming with us and knowing it. It can be very, very powerful to think about that. So December and the eclipses and the great conjunction and, and really just the preparation into a Hierophant year are all about, all come back home to this, that we are enough. We have lost touch with that. So we've um, aimed our eyes, aimed our hands, aimed all kinds of different energies outside of ourselves to try to make ourselves feel like we're enough. And we've all done it. We all do it. Even if we're like, oh, I never do that, I promise in some way you do. I'm willing to say that. And it's not um, finger like pointing. It's, it's you're on this planet. You're learning just the same as everyone else. Me too. I do this too. All kinds of places where I feel like I'm not enough and I'm working on that. Hierophant is also it, enough with gurufying teachers. It's really important. Teachers are just people. You're, if you don't have a teacher who is uncomfortable doing their work, figuring shit out, you, I suggest you walk away from that teacher. It's really important. So if there's a part of you that feels like your teacher needs to be perfect or that they can't be figuring things out too, that's really important work to do. We're all going to be doing this with each other this coming year and beyond. And for some of us, this is not new work, just a deepening into what we've been devoted to for a while. So yeah, big, big, big shifts, huge. What is coming on the heels of Jupiter and Saturn and Aquarius is a, uh, really a, a rooting into like th this, you are enough work, <laughs> um, understanding that we are the source we have, um, like we are enough. It's going to shift a lot about the way that we live, we work, we, we spend our time and our energy and it will unfold slowly over many decades, perhaps many, you know, perhaps a hundred plus years in these air signs. Um, but we're moving really into a new time and it, we, and it's not because of some, um, weird reason. It's like, we've, we've, we've explored, we've, we've done as much as we can. We've gone as far as we can with taking everything over, destroying the planet in the process, taking, 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 um, as a species. And now it's time to rebalance both what, um, we have brought that has been harmful to one another, what we've not brought because we've been too afraid to, that's as, as important as not causing harm where we can. And also um, living in alignment with this planet, with our home. It's a, it's again, going to unfold in some very powerful ways. I'm, I'm, it's an honor to really be alive for this time as um, insane as it is to, um, answer for past harms and to try to make things better, make things right in the very small ways that we can, right. And in some ways, huge ways. So our wild soul collective reading for December, our card for the month ahead is seven of swords, which when I saw that, I was like, wow, that's the card for the month ahead. And yet I can't think of a, of a better card. So 
sevens, any seven in the tarot, when we get a seven, we are typically operating out of a very um, common um, mindset, which is, oh, if I just had this thing, I would feel better. I'm waiting for this thing. I need this answer. I need this thing. I need this external thing. And then I can feel better. And the work we do in the seven is to uh, pivot that, is to reverse that, to essentially say that the sevens in Soul Tarot are inner work that we are invited to do around what we think is an external situation, an external issue. So it is very powerful. And Seven of Swords, we had a lesson about this in the Tarot for the Wild Soul podcast a couple months ago that was called The Myth of Not-Enoughness that was rooted in where we talked about Seven of Swords. And the entire lesson was like, we all have this innate feeling, some of us really big, some of us really small, that we're not enough. And we are so enough that that is really the biggest lie and the thing that has caused, I believe, so much damage on this planet to, again, ourselves and to each other and to the planet is this story, this belief that we're not enough. It's, again, what makes us um, move in excess, what, what brings us out of balance with each other or causes us to act in ways that are not really in alignment with our ethics or our integrity or what's in highest and best for the planet and each other. And um, it's, again, like what makes us hyper consume like it 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 fuels a lot that cannot continue and so our card for the month ahead it's so brilliant because it's such an ally it's such a helper it wants us to know sweetheart your hands are full of these beautiful swords of these beautiful ideas you have so much to work with to honor you don't need to look back. You don't need to figure out to strategize how you're going to get the other two. You're meant to walk away from them. If there's room in your hands, maybe one day you'll come back and, and you can pick one up or one will find its way to you. But one of the most striking things about the Smith Rider Waite Seven of Swords is that the person on the card, their body is striding forward so strongly, but their head is turned back to the two other swords. And that's, um, I just think it's it's amazing and perfect and, and so evocative on so many different levels. It really says everything you need to know that very often when we're believing I need something else to make me happy, to define me, to make me feel like I am enough, to make me feel like my life is, has got meaning, has got value. Your life is so of value, so important, so crucial, so vital, no matter what you do, just by you being here. Any moment is an opportunity to step into knowing that you are enough at your core and at your root. And it's the hardest work, but we're, we're here to really learn how to do it together now. That is what we're studying now and as a collective on this planet. So what would it be like? What are the things for you? Notice this month. What are your two swords that cause you to turn your head and have your head, your brain, your mind, your thoughts move differently than how your body is moving? how the rest of you is moving, how kind of the, the, um, 
tides or the flow of your life is moving. We've all got them. <laughs> Again, let's clear the shame about We've all got it. Irafant, I really believe, is like de kind of stabilizing, destroying. And I mean, there's probably a gentler word for it, but I really believe the Hierophant brings everybody down to the same level. And that's a huge part of what we're going for. Um, it's sorely needed now, but what we're going for way beyond 2020 or 2021, like no more people up here who do it, who've got it. That's been the biggest lie is that there are some people who have it all figured out and you don't. It's not true. So when we understand that that's been a lie, inevitably we're going to feel gaslit. Inevitably we're going to see um, the, uh, what is the word? Kind of the web of, of lies that are really told all around us that try to convince us that we're not enough, right? It all becomes very apparent, very obvious. Um, and we can feel it in the frequency of how someone's inviting us to participate in a class or in an offering or a project. And um, we can feel it, right? So really important to know the inner work we do is to understand that whatever is in your life, whatever you're holding right now, whether it's something you understand or you like or, or not, is what you're meant to be holding. And that's it. And that could change tomorrow. But to be with it, to really, really be with it rather than say, you know, because so often what happens, right? We think, well, if I'm really present with all this stuff, I'm never going to get to the next thing. It's actually because of the quality of our presence that we bring to what's here. It actually allows us to unfold and be creating, be more spacious, more open to the kind of future, the kind of future um, connections and uh, expansions that we so desire. It's actually only through being with what's here that we're able to do that. So very, very important teacher, extremely important. The card that is showing up for as our teacher in December is Queen of Cups. Be really willing to hang out in not knowing and be really willing to be in the dissonance and the dualities that show up for you. I teach... Um, it's a really important piece for me and know that it does not resonate with everybody. Of course, nothing that I imagine that I would say about the tarot would resonate with everybody. But Queen of Cups um, really, really makes sense to me as related to the Selkie myth, which is um, part of my Scottish ancestry. Um, and it's a part of Scottish folklore. And um, silky to like wildly oversimplify is essentially a being that, um, is a person, a woman or a person, however you identify is, is perfect. Um, traditionally it was spoken of as a woman, but we all know any being can be a selkie, um, is a being who is both capable of being a human and being a seal. And there is a seal skin that we can put on. And at times we're in the ocean with the seal skin on, and at times we're on land without the seal skin on. 
And the piece I think about the Selkie myth that really resonates with me and my own journey as a person um, and why it's always been such an important mythological figure for me personally, as well as I think for those of us who, who never quite feel exactly right, um, is, is that piece that we, we don't always really feel like we belong in where we are. We kind of feel like... Um, for some folks, it can be literally like we want to be like a seal. <laughs> we want to be like living in the ocean. We feel like the world isn't quite the right spot for us. And yet, um, you know, some folks, I've, I've known many beautifully uh, sensitive, intuitive folks who are kind of like, I wish I could go back to outer space, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like some some beautifully Aquarian friends of mine and, and beyond. Like there, there can really be this feeling like of like, I want to go home and not ever really feeling super duper comfortable. Queen of Cups is the anchor that we call upon when we want to hang out in a space that is liminal, when we want to be in the both and of life. And very often Queen of Cups comes up for me when I am in the middle of channeling something. And she is reminding me like, you need to leave space for things to change, for things to not be clear. You need to leave space for quiet. You need to leave space for processing, for um, not quite isolation, but solitude. It's really, really important. Like, where are those parts of you? Like where, you know, it's really, um, it's an enormous connection, an enormous part of wildness is Queen of Cups. Like, our ability to step out onto the sort of shores of our soul and hang out there and just be, just listen, just feel into all of the aspects of our humanness and our, and our soulness and our spiritness and just being with all of those complexities. That's a really important part of both this month and also what it is to really be a human um, and very often we're about like, what am I doing? Where am I going? We're not comfortable hanging out in those spaces and just being quiet. I spend probably more time in Queen of Cups than I do in any other card. <laughs> so I, I, I really appreciate this card and I, I do, I work my, I mean, I have Jupiter and Capricorn, man. Like I'm always... Spirit is always moving different things through me. I am always creating, always working. I like to work and create. So I need this energy because when I'm not working and creating, I'm in this energy and it's not on purpose. It just, it's taken me a couple of years to really f lean into those rhythms, but perhaps you are, perhaps for, for this month, um, you know, for all of us as this sort of teacher for the collective what is it to value this kind of energy in such important times? What might that do for us? Might that help to us to divest from sort of capitalist timeframes of getting things done, of feeling useful? If we're undoing this idea of you are enough, you are inherently worthy, then we're also going to have to do a lot of attention paying to how we feel like we are worthy. We are enough. 
You know, some of us feel like we're only enough if we've created something or we've gotten something right, or we've managed to do X, Y, Z. And I'm not here to um, say that that's wrong or, or, or a problem, but it, Queen of Cups is a very important teacher to help us to illuminate kind of where are we assigning an overvalue to those things? And where might it be time to reclaim a sense of our own innate valuing of sitting and being and recognizing that the way that we might live a Queen of Cups day isn't just sitting on a chair looking outside or sitting at the ocean and looking out at the water, but even if that was all it was, it would be enough and it wouldn't require any kind of explanation. And it would probably make us a little uncomfortable, but that discomfort is really important and good. What are your practices? Where do you root home to your ancestral magic, to your, to your magic period? What helps you to bring, what helps you to get closer to the parts of you that you don't often let yourself get close to because there isn't enough space and time? What are the wilder parts of you, the true parts of you that are asking for your attention but don't get as much of your time? What about your inner child? I think inner child is, a, is very linked to Queen of Cups. So making space for these things. I mean, we're about to go into a lot of Aquarian energy in a few months and it's going to be, there's going to be a big emphasis on this. It's really important to pay attention to this. The lesson of the month ahead is five of wands. Five of wands is just delicious because it essentially says, let shit be messy. Don't try to clean it up. <laughs> like messy has to happen before order, period. You cannot rearrange a bookshelf. You cannot clean out a closet. You cannot um, redo a house. You cannot... Uh, redo a website. You cannot unlearn and relearn um, or rewild something without things getting really messy in a holy way. Five of Wands says you may feel um, a little barky. You may feel a little angry. You might feel a little short. You may not, but what is important to acknowledge is collectively, we're in a big fucking mess right now. We have been in a mess as a planet. We have had systems that have been woefully inadequate for very long. Most, I mean, white supremacy and racial injustice are not new. It's just that now people's eyes are open to it in a different way. We're in a very, very, very messy time. And that is great because at least we're not kidding ourselves that it's not. And for you personally, you know, because it's the collective piece is acknowledging that with a lot of shit, it's going to get a lot messier. Don't try to get, get it clean. Honor the fact that you want to get it clean. Honor the fact that you may be uncomfortable with it. Honor the fact that um, you want to change it potentially because you're a person and because it's really totally understandable to want to do that. On a personal note, likely you'll be feeling this way too. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm going into a new year. What does it even mean? What does it look like? Like a million different things 
everybody's, I mean, your mind or your attention may be on totally different things. Um, Five of Wands says, we are in the midst of reorganizing. We, it's like a volcano erupting. There's a lot of messiness, a lot of heat, but it's creating new earth, new ground, literally new ground. Let it create new ground. Let things be hot. Let things be messy, potentially. Allow that. Bow to that. Recognize that that is a part of creating new foundations, which is what we're doing. And because that is the lesson of the month, the lesson is not, um, the lesson is really, can we bow to the, to the mess? It's not forever. I mean, that's for damn sure. It's messy because things are finally fucking beginning to change. We're starting piece by piece, little by little to move into this time of much more conscious awareness, much greater presence of, of reparation of acknowledgement of harm, of sensitivity. It's very important. So honor that. What are we complete with? Justice reversed. I just about died when this, I don't usually, my cards aren't ordered reversed, but this one came up that way, which was wild. Um, We are complete. Justice reversed is so powerful. We are complete on this planet, essentially, with trying to run with a broken leg. We now understand the leg is broken. This has to do with so many things. This has been true of my own life. This has been true of um, uh, certainly the collective um, in ways that I think I'm even really oversimplifying. When we have justice reversed, the call to awaken, the call to acknowledge presence, the call to come home to reality has been so strong, but we have not taken the invitation. So the uh, inflammation and the, the longing and the rage and what has been embedded is even stronger of a response when it comes up and out. And it's not to say that we're finished with those kinds of inflammatory um, uh, um, experiences. It's, It's really important to have those things come up and out if they're there. But we are complete with lying to ourselves. And I recognize, of course, that there are a lot of people who are not complete with that. (laughs) And yet, this is a long process that we're talking about here. And it starts with what's inside. If there's anything that we've been unwilling to pay attention to, if there's been a broken bone that we've been unwilling to acknowledge, hey, this is like fractured and I'm walking around like it's not. And we've, of course, been doing this as a planet, as a collective for a really long time in many different ways, but also personally, we're always doing this to ourselves. We're complete with that. Now, that doesn't mean we won't fuck with it. It doesn't mean it won't happen again, but it means that this month we have an opportunity, if we choose to touch in with it, to really feel for the first time, what is it like to live when a bone gets broken to say, oh, this is broken. What is it to acknowledge, hey, this bone for me was broken so many times that it's super tender. So even if somebody like 
um, you know, comes up and kind of like holds my arm, you know, in a safe and consensual way, I might even feel a little bit of pain. You know, what is that to, to acknowledge that, to, to be really forthright and say, Hey, this, this arm, you know, is really, uh, she's tender. She's really tender. Know that before I'm, I'm not available potentially for you to touch my arm, I'm not available to engage with this. You know, what is it to, to bring about these boundaries? Um, and I think in a bigger way, we're complete with the injustice that has been, um, folding in on itself again and again and again for thousands of years. And of course, that's not magical thinking. We're not complete with it. It happens to folks every fucking day, but we're beginning. We're planting the seeds for something new, slowly but surely. Slowly but surely, we have the power to do that. And we are complete with any part of our life that we're not acknowledging um, is fractured. It's part of our responsibility to um, look at where that's coming up for us. And it will get our attention in whatever way it has to. What we are making space for this month is Queen of Swords. So Queen of Swords is so many things. It's a boundary card, absolutely a really important embodiment of good boundaries, just energetic, um, not available for you to come through this doorway, uh, this doorway is open with these stipulations. This doorway is open completely, like what, wherever we happen to be, right? Everything's different with everybody. But Queen of Swords is also, uh, as a card, is represented by the elements of water and air. So we have the realm of emotion and we have the realm of thought. And very often when we get Queen of Swords, it can be extremely challenging to delineate whoa, I'm having all the feelings, all the thoughts, all of the fears, all the worries about this thing going this way and that thing going that way. How do I know what's true? How do I know um, whether something is, you know, of course, all emotions are completely and totally valid. They may not match the facts, but they're totally valid and absolutely we can always bow to a thought if that's what we want, but thoughts are absolutely not the truth. They're often not the truth and we do not have to believe them. It's really wise to question our thinking actually, and to ask, you know, sort of where did this come from? And I believe the queen of swords helps us do that and helps us to, to literally bring our kind of sort of truth up to the places that feel really hard, really confusing and activates and kind of inspires and motivates us to slice through those with great respect, with, with grounding and determine where the truth is within those thoughts, within the storm of the mind or within our very, very thick emotions where we can't really feel into kind of where we're at. It's actually, I think, a point of personal responsibility to lean on Queen of Swords in that way. We're making space for that because it's a really hard time on this planet. And we need to really all take care with this. We need to be coming into a place where we are asking ourselves, oh, wow, like this uh, story, this thought is coming up for me. 
is it true? You know, one of the other very deep pieces of work about the Hierophant is that it's really easy, you know, when I say that this card is about stepping into becoming your own Hierophant, that's the highest form of the card. The other forms of the card are following leaders because they seem like they have the answers, are totally giving our own power, our own autonomy away because we think another, A, because we think another person um, has the answers and we don't, um, because we don't want to be potentially burdened because we are afraid to trust ourselves. And there's a lot of that going on right now where a lot of folks are looking to all kinds of different things to try to define meaning for them. And um, not a whole lot of it is coming from their own sense of rooted, springy, spacious curiosity. So Queen of Swords is a very, very important ally and anchor for anything that we feel like oh, I'm not quite sure what I feel about this. It invites us to kind of pause, take our time, really slice through, really ask questions, really get clear, um, and most importantly, acknowledge this is not mine, this is yours, this is mine, and I'm not going to hold this for you anymore. That's also a part of the boundary of this card is to be very direct with what we're available to hold energetically. And that's a really important time, a really important thing that's been important for a long time. We're just not supposed to, not meant to hold this stuff for people anymore. That we have been, the guilt, the shame, the old, um, just there's so much that is ready to be laid down on the fire. And finally, the card that's helping us to move into 2021 is Three of Pentacles. And I loved that. <laughs> I loved seeing that because Three of Pentacles is about cooperative, collective building. It's about building something new together and about everybody having a role and about everybody's role being indispensable. And that's why it's so important for us to start to consider, to start to investigate what is my relationship with feeling like I'm enough? Because what you are here to bring to the planet is extraordinary. It is needed. It is vital. Even if you don't understand what that is right now. Even if it's not what you would necessarily, what you even think is valuable. It's so important. So important. Um, there have totally been times where I've, I've felt like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, like, um, I have no idea what's going on and I can look back and see how absolutely important those moments were, um, for the bigger part of my journey now today. And we are done with an overemphasis on kind of individualism. We are moving into collective, um, expansion and evolution together. Evolution as in growing and changing and learning through whatever arises, especially the stuff that causes some contraction and discomfort. The nervous system doesn't want us to be uncomfortable. It wants to get us away from discomfort. That's a very natural response. 
evolving happens when we meet discomfort with presence, with willingness, when we say, yes, I will lean into this. I know that this contraction, that this discomfort, it's not romanticizing it, but it's acknowledging that I absolutely know that it's here to help me to evolve. How can we build together? How can we recognize and shift and think about the experiences of others, how things affect others outside of our immediate experience while not um, giving ourselves away? It's powerful, powerful stuff, really. And about time, right? All right, well, we did this in about an hour 20. about an hour 20-ish. And I feel like that's pretty good. This was a lot of information. Um, This is a dense one. Let it sink in, you know, the usual. Keep what works, leave what doesn't. Um, Just thank you for being here. I can't believe that I'm moving into the fourth year of doing this podcast. I love all of you so much. And... It is the biggest honor, the biggest privilege, the highest privilege to be able to share with you every week or the weeks that I'm told to record. And uh, again, even though it is um, an absolute dumpster fire right now, um, I am grateful to be evolving and growing and shedding and changing and maturing right along with you. Thank you for um, your presence. I really love all of you so much. And we will dive into some more of these things this month. We'll dive into other things. Who knows where we'll go. And uh, yeah, really just want to say Be so, so, so gentle with yourselves this month and beyond. This is a long process of change and of um, not awakening in some like, um, like overly spiritual sense, but we are waking up right now. We really are to how imbalanced, how, just how much, um, has been ignored and bypassed for so long. We're just, we're starting to acknowledge what's been totally ignored for years. And when you start paying attention to something that's been ignored for a long time, it's messy as fuck. And we're in that crucial messiness together right now. And it's important. And again, a privilege to be here with you. Please, please, again, Be gentle, be kind to yourselves, go at your pace, make sure you're hydrated this month, make sure you're nourished, whatever nourishment means to you, Um, lean into your own anchor card work with these cards, see what happens when you hang out with Queen of Cups as your teacher, what might they say to you, what might this energy have to speak to you directly, go beyond this. Do your own monthly medicine reading and see what comes up for you. Really take this and and make it work for you in whatever way you want. Um, Yeah, just be sweet to yourself, even though that can be hard sometimes. 
thank you again for being here. And until we meet again, please take care of yourselves. Thank you so much for listening to Tarot for the Wild Soul. This podcast was edited by Chase Voorhees. The podcast art is by Chelsea Iris Granger, and it is hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. For more about the podcast, visit wildsoulpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at Tarot for the Wild Soul. For more about me and my work, please visit lindsaymack.com. To support Tarot for the Wild Soul, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. It helps people find us and it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for being here.